0: My name is Yemi, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Philia. Hey, guys. And welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly Bible study podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations surrounding our everyday life, our relationships, and our faith walk with Christ. So, Philia, what are we diving into today? Well, Yemi, right now we are on an intermission for our second Corporate Fast, 40 Days with the Most High, Sugar Fast. Now we are using a daily devotional to guide our fasting journey with scripture and testimony. The book is called The 40 Day Sugar Fast by Wendy Speaks. So let's jump right in. We are covering days 28 to 34. Day 28, it says, feed my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And this is John 21, verse 17. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Um, First of all, feed my sheep. I love the title because it's basically about what your duty is for what God wants for us. He wants you to feed his sheep. And I think this idea of feeding sheep is about the spiritual nourishment that he wants all of us to have. You know, when we're doing this fasting, it's a time where we have to deny ourselves, you know, so that we might grow beyond ourselves. And this is the time where we know that God is supplying all of our needs according to his riches and his glory by, you know, Jesus Christ. So in this scripture, when he keeps asking, do you love me? Do you love me? God knows us. He knows our heart. We need to constantly be reassured about what that love is. We need to be reassured about what he wants for us. And in this scripture, he specifically is talking about the idea that he is alive and he's well and he's working through the world, but we have to join him in feeding his sheep, feeding them the spiritual nourishment, feeding them the word, feeding them um, the word so that they can continue to be guided and aligned to what he wants for us. And as sheep, it's like, the idea of birds of a feather flock together. He wants us to all be in unity as one body of Christ. Yeah, I definitely am struck by this because when Jesus is asking Simon Peter if he loves him and he asked him multiple times, it was almost like. Um, Simon had to question himself, like, "Do I love? Do I love Jesus?" And he's taking it plainly, like, "Yes, I love you, my Master. I love you, my my God. I love you, my Leader. I love you, my Redeemer." I think a lot of us can say we love the Lord. He heard our cry. He, you know, he came to my rescue. He supplied my needs. But what does Jesus say? He was like, "Yeah, you love me." But flip the script. Feed my sheep. Mm-hmm loving me means that you love your neighbors, that you're taking care of others. He's asking us like, listen, if you love me, like you say, why aren't you serving others? Why is it me, me, me? I know I am very guilty about making things about myself. My prayers are very Yemi-centric. My (laughs) My communications with God are very Yemi-centric until I'm reminded. I mean, there are times where things of the world play me. There are times where people say things to me that causes me to pray for them right there and then. I've made that a practice. In their family, I make it a, a priority to pray for them right there and then. Because at night, when I'm doing my prayers, it's about yep. <laughs> but but this is this is what Jesus is saying. Like, you love me, you love yourself more than you love the world um, others. Not the world, but love others. And he called us to love our neighbors. And that's something that we all need to practice. And what I'm wondering for like everyone listening, is there something God has called you to do to serve others? I know that. I have put on my vision board that I want to volunteer. And I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but one of my greatest goals is to do mission trips at least once a year or every other year because I want to go out and spread the word and it doesn't necessarily need to leave the country. I can do it in this country, I can do it in my neighborhood, but I want to actively participate in some kind of mission that goes out and touches people and reaches them where they where they need with the word of god i love this Yummy, because in this chapter i think the whole idea of this chapter is about sharing god's love with others and we have to be able to trust god to take care of you as you make yourself available to care for others which brings us to day 29 called ditto <laughs> ditto i love it okay so in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for. But the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And this is Romans 8, verse 26 to 27. Amen. Amen. Now <laughs> I love um this scripture because it talks about how the Holy Spirit intercedes. Like the Holy Spirit is, is used to guide us in all of our actions, guide us in the things knowing right from wrong. We God feeds that to us. There's no we don't have to figure it out because that's inside of us. And I think this scripture to me reminds me of the idea of doing to others as you want to be done to you but when you do for others it's not to look for something in return you do it because it's the goodness of the lord you do it because when whether we're bad or good god does for us so we need to be selfless in doing for others like loving thy neighbor and praying for others and you know doing intercessory prayers for for the world you know it's also about the idea of like when you fill the well Your cup will not be dry. You know, it's like giving and pouring into others because in the end, God will pour back into you. Amen. Ditto. diddle to that. (laughs) When you pour into others, God will pour pour back into you. And I love that God, Jesus, left behind the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left, he said he was going to send another. And the Holy Spirit is for us, right? We can we can get baptized with water and with spirit. Mm-hmm. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we get access to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell within us. The Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide us, like you said. And sometimes we struggle maybe with our prayers. We struggle in trying to be consistent with our fast we struggle even during this fast season we're supposed to to journal. We may struggle with these things. We may may say, like, I don't really have much to say, but the Holy Spirit is an intercessor. So the Holy Spirit can bridge that gap between us and God, and the Holy Spirit can relay information to us. Mm -hmm. We just have to be open and attuned and sensitive to hearing what God wants from us. We don't necessarily need to use all the words, (laughs) all the words to have this long prayer. I know I'm guilty of that. We don't need to write these journal entries. I know when my journal entries weren't long, I was like, that it, that it, I got to write another one. But no, we don't need that because God knows our hearts and he wants to pour into us. And I love that the Holy Spirit is here to pour into us. Yes. You know, the Holy Spirit is here to pour into us. And, you know, the idea of the son, he calmed the seas with the word and is speaking a word on behalf of of us um, to his father. So Jesus is our intercessor. We can't just go to God without having to go to Christ because he, you know, be quitted to us, his only, his only son on behalf of us. So I think that when we think of this inter- intercessor, we have to remember that we have to be grateful. You know, even when you are at your job, a ladder of referral, this is like our ladder of referral. Like we can't just jump to the boss, you know, without going to Christ because Christ is because of him why we're able to do that, right? And I love the fact that you know, praying for others. Um, I love the fact that we know that this, the Holy Spirit can guide us and protect us and is used to, to keep us in line, keep us, you know, where we acknowledge what real truth is. That goodness is inside of us. And yes, we make choices and sometimes those choices displeases God, but. When the Holy Spirit is within us, it's the one that makes us do the right thing. And it's the one that speaks to us. And I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, about discernment. I mean, in other words, I summed it up to discernment because... Holy Spirit speaks to us in so many different ways. And we always talk about it, you know, how God speaks to us. There are so many ways through scripture. It could be someone else speaking to you. It could be a prayer. Like for me, it's definitely, you know, gospel music. It could just be something that, you know, that we read or a sermon that we hear. But when it resonates with you, you feel it. When it resonates with you, it speaks to everything that you are. And it's always during the time that you need it the most. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to day 30 called At the Table with Jesus. Jesus! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this scripture is taken from the Song of Solomon, um ch- uh, chapter 2, verse 4. He brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me. Amen. Amen. You know, I think of banner. I think of the whole big ad, shining lights, LED lights. Because we overuse the word love but really when you think about what real love is is love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is you cannot play around with that word because that is unequivocally the the quintessential version of what love is is Loving you in spite of everything, loving you unconditionally, loving you whether you do wrong or do right, loving you and forgiving you no matter what you do and knowing that we can come to him and it's already done. I think we don't understand what that is sometimes because we just use the word, you know, in the relationships. Oh, yeah, I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, friendships and with the parents and our children. But really understanding what love is, is loving your neighbor, loving you know others, even when they've harmed you, even when they've done wrong to you, knowing to forgive. And it's so difficult because when you're feeling victimized, you hold on to sometimes dislike and sometimes even hatred, right? But when you understand what God's love is, like loving, you know, Jesus loved you like he loved the church, that is love. And when we use that word, we need to think of that type of level of love. I 100% agree. I think thinking of love shouldn't be surface, shouldn't be superficial. It should be deep. And we should walk around expressing love. And I think one of the things about this fast or actually um, being and treading faith and growing through our different seasons and talking to everyone on the live, my love for people has grown. I, I see things differently. I have new eyes, new perspective. There's a lot more grace that I have to offer. And you, you, the fact that Jesus wants to sit with you and dine with you, make a make a table for you in the presence of your enemies, wants to show you off, have this banner. Yes, that is love. Love unconditional love, self-sacrificing love. We know that Jesus died for us and there's nothing greater. How can we in turn give that to others? What are we doing at Jesus' table if we cannot love one another? I mean, do you really deserve a seat at the table if you cannot love your neighbors, if you're filled with hatred, if, 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 if you can't come into agreement, find compromise? What table are you sitting at? You're not sitting at the table with Jesus. You know, I think even in the first chapter of the Song of Solomon, it gives us a depiction of God's intimate love. And it says, the king has brought me into the chambers. He says, you know, um, that's where we belong. That's the home that he has prepared for us. A brand new mansion just down the street for each new convert, as you imagine, a room with God at the table or room of God in your home, that is like the epitome of what love is. And you're right, the intimacy that we have with God, being able to for Him to be at the table, that is home. That's family. When you think of even just your family dinners, sitting at the table, that's where you feel the most comfortable. That's where you know you have your wind down. That's where you know the intimacy really begins. And when we talk about the intimacy with God. We just think of, oh, it's just prayer. But when you feel connected and plugged in, that's to me where you start to appreciate God's love. You start to appreciate what he wants for us. And if you're so connected, imagine how intimate he wants us to be with him, where we're sitting at the table with him. That means that, you know, I think that we even covered this in in um, talking about the miracles, where they said the bridegroom is here from the banquet. Like when he is coming, everything is wonderful. It's like a big party, a big feast, because he wants everything for us and wants us to experience the true happiness and true love of God. This brings us to praying for healing, and that's day 31. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive the sin and heal their land. And this is from Second Chronicles 7, verse 14. Amen. Amen. Pray for healing. I think that is such an apt title because when we are praying for healing, we are praying for feeling, um, a whole like feeling whole. And there are so many deficits, there are so many things that sometimes we feel inadequate, we feel like we don't measure up. So, when we are wounded by these childhood traumas or we're wounded by the things that people have done for us, that's when we start searching for other things to fill that void. But really, the true void is because we don't pray to have God's healing. God's healing will supersede all of those superficial things that we are looking for. Whether, like for instance, fasting this sugar-free fast, you know, going to food for our comfort, going to alcohol for comfort, going to other things for comfort, going to sex for comfort—like we are looking for all these other things, but. What we're starting to realize even during this fast is that if you go to God, he will comfort you. You will feel his hand, his presence from the crown of your head to the bottom of your feet. He will fill all of those holes and all of those places that are voided. He will fill it with his true undeniable love. And that is what God wants. He wants us to be connected to him. He wants us to ask him because he will will provide that for us and not look to extra external factors. It's plugging in and looking at that internal conflict that we are experiencing so God can cover us and love us in the way we need to be loved. Amen. I think that during this fast, we can pray for healing. Um, And the healing doesn't have to be physical. It can be spiritual or or mental or emotional. I think when I came to this fasting, I, I just wanted God to talk to me. I was I was completely open to hearing whatever God said to me but the author challenged challenged us to look at the way we were consuming sugar and for me carbs like why were we doing these things what triggered us running to these things instead of running to God and w- when I came to the realization of what was triggering me I submit that to God and I'm praying for healing from overcoming those feelings of sadness and loneliness, but at the same time, when we pray for for healing, we need to be okay to accept whatever healing, whatever healing comes, whether it's partial healing, whether it's healings from a different in a different way, whether it's no healing at all. Sometimes it may be our cross to bear, and we need to overcome that on a daily basis, and we need to lead on lean on God on a daily basis, and. I think that's really hard. I think it's really hard to stand on expectation of complete whole healing that may not come. So the author encourages us to not only boldly ask for healing, but boldly come to the throne with acceptance of heal me with way you desire, Lord. If we're asking God for healing and we're having faith for that healing, we really need to say whatever way you may have it. The Our Father prayer says, thy will be done, right? Not my will, thy will. So we can ask God for whatever, but our hearts must be postured in a way that we're saying, I want it to align with your will. I want it to look like what you want it to look like. Yeah, me. I love the fact that you said um, God's will, because when you believe in the goodness of a sovereign God, And, and the goodness of God, and you know that you can call to him, it really transcends all the specifics of our, any of our prayer requests. And really God, he loves us all. And understanding what that love is, when you are content with his will, that's when you know that your faith has really transcended more than anything that you have really um, expected because you realize that it might be across the bear. It might be partial, like you said, and it could be whole. But being okay with it is really to me where you have truly transcended. This brings us to the idea of waking up and that's day 32, Isaiah 32, 9 to 11. It says, rise up, you woman. <laughs> who are at ease, hear my voice. Your complacent daughters give ear to my speech. In little more than a year, you will shudder. Your, you complacent women, for the grape harvest falls or fails, the fruit harvest will not come. Terrible, you women who are at ease, shudder. You complacent ones, strip and make yourselves bare and tie sackcloth around your waist. Wow, he is, first of all, Amen. telling off these women... <laughs> Mm. who are complacent. That means God does not want us to be okay with where we are. He wants us to strive for more. He does not want us to be lazy like the sloth. He wants us to go out and do work. Remember what God has already done and get hungry for him to do more. God wants the best for us. He wants us to want more. He's there to pour it into us. But if you don't ask, you will not receive. Mm. That is true. We need to ask. We need to stand on expectation and we need to receive. But we also need to do the work in the meantime. I mean, this wake up call means that we can't coast. Like even though we only have like one week left of this fast, we are should not be coasting. We should be challenging ourselves. What happens the day after the fast? Are you going to just start consuming sugar? Like I'm counting down the day to sugar? No, you're supposed to be transformed. God wants more more from us. He wants to do more in our lives. We cannot coast on everything. We cannot take things light. He definitely gave us a day of rest, but that's a day, not every day. (laughs) I love He wants us to work as hard. Harder than we've ever worked before. And you know yeah, I mean? This is like funny because today I went and I had breakfast with a former student of mine and I picked IHOP. So when I was talking to her, I was like, oh, I'm still, you know, on my fast. She was like, so why are you big eye house? Like everything on the menu is sweet. So I had to make a conscious and concerted effort not to make anything that has sugar. I was like, all right, I can have steak, I can have this. But sitting there and watching her cheesecake, you know, her strawberry cheesecake, pancakes, and I was like, okay, so would God be mad right now if I were to take a piece of that? And I was like, yes, because I've committed to a process. And even though he may not. I had the choice right then and then to do right or to revert. And I'm not saying that we don't make mistakes sometimes, and we can't just pick up our mats and 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 ask for forgiveness and keep it pushing. But it wasn't like in the case of an emergency where you had to do something, right? It was a choice. And I was like, no, I have one more week now. It made me start to really realize that with my one week, does it mean that I go now to that my my buttercup? to go get my banana put in and walk and do this. And I was like, but why? If I'm justifying having this sweet, then why am I really doing it? So it makes me really feel like, does this fast continue for me? Like, or does it just end on the 16th? Like, you know, that we said. And I feel like it's something I want to continue because the resilience that I'm learning, the fortitude that I'm learning, and my connection to God supersedes All of these things that I used to like before, and I just feel like I'm in such a good place that I don't want it to end. Amen. I love that. Wake up. (laughs) (laughs) This brings us to day 33 called Brick by Brick. Brick by Brick, taken from Proverbs 14, verse 1. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. This shows that we are destructive to ourselves. Yes, our own worst enemy. Our own worst enemy. The only person getting in the way of you is you. (laughs) And God is saying this, right? So when you think of brick by brick, I think what happens sometimes, it gets in the way because we sometimes don't have the foresight to see the bigger picture. So we focus so much on on the now, and we start to try to justify the reason why we can't succeed. But if you literally just take it one day at a time, you will realize that you will overcome everything. Little drops of water makes a mighty ocean. Little grains of sand makes a mighty land. God does things in increments. And when you do that, he will bless you abundantly. But you got to take that first step. That's what he wants us to do. Our job is to yield to the good structures that the Lord has protected me placed around us. Amen. I mean, when you build your house, you think about brick by brick by brick by brick to build up. And, and these, these walls that we may have in our lives might be walls that God gave us for protection. And it might be the walls that we created that, uh, that are harming us. So we may need to dismantle. I think there's both. We need to examine what walls are good and what walls are bad. The bad walls are like the strongholds. They're the things that we... That we run to, like Philia said, your sugar, your um, shopping, sex, alcohol, whatever you're running to for your comfort, these are your strongholds. They have a hold on you. You need to either build your house to push them away so that you don't tear it down with your own hands. God has given us this life and he wants us to have abundance. And we are trying to expand in this year. But if we don't keep these boundaries, if we're not adhering to what God wants for us, if we're not aligning our lives that way and doing the things God asks asked of us and keeping the things out that we need to keep out, we're being destructive to ourselves. Sometimes we need to be to destroy those negative thoughts. Sometimes we need to build walls. To, to keep them from us, even if those walls keep us distance from some people who speak negatively into our lives, we just need to have healthy boundaries, good boundaries, not unhealthy ones. We need to make sure that we know how to create the right walls and to discern what walls God is giving us. Amen, amen. You know, God simply doesn't rebuild broken walls; He resurrects broken so lies. Amen. <laughs> 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 Which brings us to day 34. And that chapter is called Remember. And that's taken from Matthew 16, verses 5 to 10. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the heaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they began discussing it among themselves, saying, We brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, Oh you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the five thousand and how many baskets you gathered, or the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many baskets you gathered? A. Eh? Men. Amen. Jesus is saying, what's the deal with y'all? First <laughs> of all, you know, in, in, in Gen X or Gen Z, how do you not know? I've shown you multiple times what can be done by the will of God, the power of what God has ordained me with, right? And what I can do with very little. You have to believe you don't need a lot to be okay. Mm -hmm. Stop looking at the little picture. See the bigger picture. Stop focusing on the little things. Focus on the end. Have the end in mind and work backwards, right? Think about the promise that God has for you. Stop focusing on these little things because they are distractions. They are made to distract you from the bigger picture. So, You, you know, Jesus has proven time and time again that through having faith in him, that he will remain faithful. So you have to do the same thing. Remain faithful, have trust, and be obedient, and he will provide everything that he needs to for you. Remember. I mad. So in the Gen Z translation is, y'all see me, but y'all not seeing me. <laughs> All right. right. I mean, they are with Jesus Almighty who pro- who performs miracles and they're wor- worrying about some bread. Right. He's like, what are you guys talking about? You guys are just greedy right now. You guys are just, you know, talking with your bellies. And on top of that, y'all forgot who I am? Like, He's asking us to recall how his grace has been sufficient. He's asking us to recall how he has performed miracles. He is asking us to recall how he removed obstacles, stumbling blocks, how he has given us blessing, how he's opened doors for opportunities. We always forget how good God is when we face a challenge. We do this with people too. Whenever we have some kind of tension, we forget all the good things. We're focused on the bad right then and there. But we need to have faith. We need to have faith not only in the process that God is bringing us through, but the fact that there is a miracle waiting for us. The fact that Jesus and God did it before he can do it again. If we rely on that, we don't lose our hope because we're we're going to end this fast. And what's going to happen? You're going to forget the transformation, you're going to forget the closeness, you're going to forget why you ran to sugar or alcohol or whatever you were running to. You're going to forget and just sink back into it. Like are you counting down the days until you can do these things again or are you really feeling transformed? Because we can have testimonies in the 40 days. But what happens after the 40 days? Are we now facing the same challenges? We haven't overcome. God wants to do something new for us. We have to perceive it. We have to see and saying, God is good. Remember that God is good. Remember that God is good. That's why people are a living testimony. It helps you to remember that God is good. Yemi, I love... The fact that you say remember, we have to remember, 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 right? God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. You know, may his love enfold you, his peace comfort you, and his hope encourage you every day. We have to remember that prayer is the key that unlocks all doors. So we must continue to know our worth, expand our horizon, uh yield our potential to God and share the light that he has given us. Amen. This was a great week. Um, I mean, we're coming close to the end, but in in no way does it feel like an end. It feels like the the beginning. And I'm grateful for all of everyone who's been on this journey with us. So why don't you just stay tuned for announcements and closing prayer? Thank you for tuning into our podcast today as we discuss the daily devotionals through week five of the 40 days with the most high sugar fast. We hope you enjoy the discussion, but before we wrap, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close with prayer. This is our final week of our 40 day fast. We are so excited to conclude this transformative powerful 40 days with the most high. I hope that you have experienced a new high by feasting on God. We also hope that you will continue to build intimacy with God and stay away from those crutches that keeps you from knowing God more intimately and running to God for comfort, guidance, and love. Are you subscribed to our podcast? Do you like us on YouTube? Are you following us on Instagram? Treading Faith is our handle on all platforms, and you can follow our IG f- page to keep current on what's happening with Treading Faith podcasts. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube and share this podcast with your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Our podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and our website, treadingfaith.captivate.fm and where other podcasts are fine. We would like to grow with you, so don't forget to subscribe and share. Lastly, tonight we are having a live. Yay! Join us for Wisdom Wednesday Live as we discuss our last week of our 40 days with, most, with the most high sugar fast. We hope that you can join us this evening at 8 o'clock p.m. ET on our YouTube channel at Treading Faith. Now, let's join together in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer and specifically praying the text of the Bible because according to Isaiah 55, 11, God's word will not come back to us void. We also believe our prayers are strengthened in numbers. So we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Lord, Father, God, we honor you and we bless your holy name. We thank you for your guidance and protection during this 40-day sugar fast. We thank you that you created an intimate space for us, that we can hear your voice clearly. We can receive new revelation and have testimonies to share. According to Matthew 18, 20, when two or more are gathered in your name, you are present. We welcome you into our presence, Father God. We thank you for your continuous presence through our life and throughout this fast. Father God, Help us to have perspective shifts. Help us to see the bigger picture of what we have accomplished during our 40 days. We know, Father God, that you have called us into a special place to enter the Holy of Holies with you. We have set aside sugar so that we can pick up more time with you. We have set aside our crutches to understand why we run to them and ask you to help us solve our deep issues. We ask you for healing. We ask you for guidance. We ask you for clarity and discernment. Father, you have delivered in more ways than one. We may not have always received the things we have desperately sought after, but you, your word, Father, is always timely. You come on time. You show us the way. You give us guidance where we need. If any of us ask, lacks understanding or clarity, you said to ask. So Father God, we ask in these final days for clarity. We ask for to hear your voice clearly. We ask for bigger healings. We ask for bigger blessings. We ask that you touch us so that we can touch others. We ask you to shift our perspective from ourselves to others so that we can serve your kingdom the way you have called us to do. If any of us is lacking, oh, Father God, God, we ask for forgiveness and we ask the Holy Spirit to minister to us, to guide us, give us direction and push us and propel us forward so that we may serve your kingdom, seek your righteousness and do good to others. Isaiah 55, eight to nine says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than yours. Oh, Father God, let us not seek understanding through ourselves and through the world, but let us come to you for understanding so that our perspective may shift from a worldly perspective to a godly perspective. We want to know your way, your will, We want to align with you. We want to be better with you. We want to live in a world that reflects you. Not only should we be the light in this world, but we should also show other people the light of this world. You, Jesus Christ, our Savior, help us and guide us and motivate us to serve others in this kingdom. Colossians 3.2 says, set your minds on the things that are above, not on things on earth. Father God, help us to see the bigger picture of your kingdom so that we may not be so focused not only on ourselves, but the things of the world and our hopes and desires only of this world. Let us hope and desire things from above, the good things, the righteous things, the lovely things from our Father. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 2 says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. Father God, let us be rooted in your word. Let us be planted in this season of growth and expansion. Father God, when we came to you at the beginning of the fast, we laid ourselves before the throne and we came asking with open hands. Your word says that if we ask, we shall receive, and we have received. We have been blessed through this time with you. Father God, help us to not limit just this season to being to spending time with, with you, but create new seasons for our desires to be with you, to grow with you, to spend more time intimately with you. Help us to take along with us the things that we have learned so that we can change and grow in the way that you have called us to do. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare, not for evil, to give you future and a hope. Thank you, God, for a perspective shift for hope. Thank you, God, for a perspective shift for our future. Thank you, God, for a perspective shift for our good. We know that you want good for us. We know that we have been called for a special purpose on this earth. Let us not leave this earth without fulfillment of our purpose, without being fulfilled by serving your kingdom in the way you have called us to do. Father, open our eyes to see, our minds to understand, and our ears to hear what you want from us so that we can leave this fasting season stronger, better Christians, Soldiers of your kingdom. Father, Matthew 18, 19 says, if at least two of us agree on earth about anything we ask for, that it will be done by Father in heaven. So this time we ask for forgiveness. We ask that you hear our prayers. We ask that you increase us, expand us, help us grow, align us, and show us the way to serve better in this kingdom. Help us to renew our minds, have a greater perspective and see the bigger picture. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We love you so much. Happy Valentine's Day. We can't wait to see you on the live tonight. Bye.